Bonus episode time, Tim. Love that sound. Yeah, so we were talking about our predictions, our bold predictions and stuff like that, but do you want to get started? What do you want to start with? Do you want to start with uh, us making some some regular predictions here as far as like who we're talking about for leading this, leading that and stuff? What do you want to do? What do you I think it's, first? you know, bonus episodes are my favorite. We have a little bit of more fun with it, a little mm. less leeway. Mm. I, I thought we want to touch on what we learned part two. We had our second draft over the weekend. It's a standard league. We don't need to spend 20 minutes boring with you every pick, all that stuff. I know I go home and rosterbate, if you will. I know I know you get excited about <laughs> rosterbate. That's right, buddy. I said it. Um, I, I go home and do it. I think it's fun. But I tell you, we can tell you some of the biggest surprises and takeaways so that if you haven't drafted yet, some of the stuff you might learn. We had a PPR draft. You can check that out in episode 15. And now we had a standard draft. I, just some fun takeaways, and we can get into some more fun predictions. Sure. I thought some of the biggest surprises from our draft – in a league for guys that have all been doing it 20-plus years, Josh Allen went four picks into the second round. I, pretty high quarterback. Yeah, but you know what? You can't really fault it because if he wanted him, he needed to take him because it wasn't going to come back to him in the third round. I know. I, I hear And he's the guy, Jeff, we're talking about. He's the guy that only left the draft last year with Trevor Lawrence. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure he did a, a, a massive overcorrection. A, massive, a complete 180. Yeah, and, and another guy who kind of surprised, Kyle Pitts who I think a lot of people register as somebody who's in that second tier with uh, Darren Waller and George Kittle. He went in the uh, early third round, pick number five, third round. He's soaring up boards for some reason. And once again, if you want him, you gotta, you might have to jump up a little earlier to get him because he probably maybe might not have gotten back to him. Uh, another guy soaring up boards, Jalen Hurts. He went fourth pick in the fifth round. He was the fifth quarterback taken. He, I tell you, early on when we talked about the Eagles, we talked about some of the fantasy stuff. Um, he was seventh, eighth round guy. Now four picks into the fifth round. Hey, you know what? Somebody's somebody's listening to the podcast. I think <laughs> somebody somebody's listening to how much I like Jalen Hurts. I think, but uh, you know what? It's it it might be a risk, but if if Jalen Hurts plays as well as I think he will, it it might work out. So to summarize for you guys, to summarize our first two rounds, there was fourteen running backs. Eight wide receivers, one quarterback, one tight end. So I think, and like I said, we framed it it's a standard league, but it also has the availability to start up to five wide receivers with all the flexes and options. So if your league is similar, take that for what it's worth. Yeah, and once again, we, I talked about it in the last episode when around with the fifteen, uh, the episode fifteen, we talked about our PPR league. I I do not understand how everyone's talking about how all these running backs are slipping into the mid-third round or beginning of the third round. Yeah, if you think you're going to wait and, and still get an RB1 late or get somebody in a flex, you're wrong. Because when we came back on the third round, what, James Conner was gone, like 3-5, and then at that point pretty much all the starters, with the exception of like Damian Pierce, were all gone. And that's what I was saying. Is that we we kind of judge, uh, chided each other about James Conner, and, and I don't think any of us think he's special or great, but I thought he was the drop. He was the end of bell cow backs, and I got proven right because after – uh, BJ took him right in front of me. Seven straight picks went without another running back being taken. So that's pretty significant. Yep. Um, some of the best picks, in my opinion, one of my favorite picks, I took KJ Hamler in round 14. I think he has the possibility in that with working with Russell Wilson to be the next Tyler Lockett. Are you saying that KJ Hamler is the second part of the Rainbow Connection? I am. And to get the fact that I got him in the 14th round, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. I think he's one of those great guys you can target late in a draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought your best pick, in my opinion, was Damian Pierce. You got him two picks into the sixth round. Now, 
again, we recognize that's not going to happen again. But, it, it, yeah, like I said, it's last call on that, but that was an awesome. I mean, you're able to scoop him there. Yeah, Good I just stuff. could not. I could not. Being uh, being a pick 11 and on the way back, you knew he wasn't coming back to me. So I, I wanted him. I, he's been He's been somebody that's been on my list of people to get. And even though I throw flyers late in the draft on rookie running backs, like this was somebody I just want to make sure I got on my team. Yeah, and that's the thing is that that's a continuing thing. If you're in a draft and you're in a snake draft, if you want a guy, if you're especially if you're at one end or the other, sometimes you got to go up and get him. Uh, some of the other ones I'll go real quick. Um, I, the guys who play our Ram team at the five six turn, I thought was cool. They did Marquise Brown and Kyler Murray at the five six turn. I thought that was pretty good stuff. That that's a good combo. I like both those. Guys. Yeah, that is a good combo. That's probably one of the better combos we we got out of our draft. Uh, one of my favorite picks, also Malcolm, our buddy. Hi, Malcolm. A.J. Dillon, round five. He was running back number 22 last year. It blows my mind the lack of love for A.J. Dillon. Is it because Aaron Jones is still there? It's because everyone thinks he's... uh, It's because too many people think running back by committee and they think handcuffs. And it's not. They're not. They're not handcuffs. These are one and one. This is one A and one B. A.J. Dillon and, and Aaron Jones, we talked about it last year, last week, when we were in the bonus episode, when I brought up all these different running backs, and I said, where do you think they land on these two running back combinations? So Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon last year was that running back duo. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one more best pick before we move on, and like I said, I want to make it a whole thing about our draft. You got Garrett Wilson in the 12th round. I, I, I think both of us have said, hey, not too high on a guy who may be second or third in the pecking order on the Jets. But to get him in the twelfth round is a steal. He, when I've seen his his uh, his moves, um, in in some of the some of the videos where I watch the highlights and stuff like that, and some of his moves, he runs some pretty crisp routes, and he can go up there and get the ball. So I'm excited about that pick. Yeah, some of the worst picks I thought. Um, I'll lead off with myself. <laughs> I, I'm gonna regret the fact that I waited till round thirteen to get my fourth wide receiver in a league where you basically start three receivers. I went out right away after I got my two top backs, Cook and Chubb. I went out, I, I got um, Brandon Cooks, I got DK Metcalf, and I've got, wow, I should know this. It's my How team. How do you not know your oh, own Ke- team? Uh, Keenan Allen. Yeah, Keenan Allen, Brandon Cooks, DK Metcalf. I think that's a solid three, but it's just kind of one of those, okay, had to get Derek Dalton Schultz. He was the end of a thing. Oh, Rashad Penny's still an RB1. Got to get him. Oh, if I'm going to get Alexander Madison to back up Dalvin Cook, I, Cook, I got to get him. Oh, I'm in round nine. I got to get myself quarterback because Rick's got two picks. And it's just kind of one of those things that just kind of happened. So I think the fact that I waited until round 13 to get my next wide receiver, I, I might regret that. I like the guys I got as far as upside, but I, I think I'm going to regret going all those rounds without getting another receiver. Mm. Um, your worst pick? Because you know I love busting your chops. I love to call you out about picking Amari Cooper, who we're both very down on because he's already a hit-and-miss guy, and that was with Dak Prescott as his quarterback. You're going to downgrade a Jacoby Brissett? No thank you. But the fact that you got him in the eighth round, I, I can't fault you. Yeah, it's, I, it, it's one of those things where I looked at it and I said, well, this is the best value I can get in this pick, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And he's my wide receiver four. Now, if he was my wide receiver three, if he was my wide receiver two, and I was like actually banking on him actually be having some sense of consistency, then I'm just kidding myself. But when he's going to be a guy coming off of my bench and possibly hitting my flex if I need to because J.K. Dobbins isn't ready and you know the rest of my you know just, you won't even say the words Mike Davis. Yes, will you? no, absolutely <laughs> not. But uh, but. 
Yeah, I mean, like Amari Cooper, he's he's a he's a he had he had a great value. The fact that he fell all the way to the eighth round. This is a guy that was picked mid third last season. Okay, some of the other worst picks, and I don't mean to call out guys, but I basically want to frame it in the don't be that guy if you your upcoming mm-hmm. draft. Gabriel Davis went four picks into the fourth round. I, I I mean, we all think he has potential, but that's way buying in. That's assuming he's the stud. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, think, his ADP is six two, and he was taken at four four. I think that was that was Jeff trying to combo with uh, Josh Allen, but he could have waited. I think he probably could have got him on the way back on the fifth round. So Yeah, I, I thought that was way early, but I, 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 we continue to say if you really want a guy, you get him, but I thought that was way early. There was a lot of other guys that had good value. Uh, Traylon Burks is another guy. I, I'm not too high on him. He's in a team. He's on a team that he's very green. Um, he had some conditioning uh, issues in the offseason. A lot of that was because of asthma. Uh, the tit- Titans, they prefer to run the ball early and often anyway. Um, he's going in an ADP of the 11th round. He was taking four picks into the ninth round. I thought that was a little early. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, like I said, in preseason, the guy's shown that he can go up and get the ball, but he also is very green, and uh, there could be a couple of times where he runs uh, runs the route incorrectly, and then he finds himself on the bench, and he's he's, he's only getting uh, two targets. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, another guy, and I, I don't usually bust our champs' balls too often. I'm going to bust his balls. Jamal Williams in the 10th round. I mean, he has an ADP of 14th round, 7th pick. He doesn't even have DeAndre Swift. It's his fourth running back. Dude has no upside. I, I think what he brings to the to the Lions is as a vocal leader in the locker room. Uh, I, I mean, the fact that he doesn't have Swift and he took him in the tenth round, I thought that was a pretty big reach. Well, you know, the, you can't really at this point. He's won two years in a row, and you can't fault. You know, can't, oh, that's not going to stop me from busting his balls. No, no, go ahead. I mean, but he he says that. Swift's going to get hurt, and Jamal Williams is going to step up. So if Swift does get hurt, it actually looks like a really good pick if Swift does go down. And I got Swift, so I just, I'm hoping it's not Even true. if you think that, I had Swift in our PPR draft. I use a 16th round pick on Jamal Williams because no one else was going to take him. Mm-hmm. So when you take him in the 10th round, I'm going to bust your balls yeah, for it. Well, you yeah. know? Um, so to theme, to theme it up as we wrap this up, what others can take away from our draft, number one, and it goes without saying at this point, Damian Pierce is soaring up draft boards. He's going to cost you at this point. He's going to cost you a third. Well, and so was Brian Robinson before he went down. Yeah, I I didn't want to go there, but yeah, Damian Pierce is soaring up draft boards. If you really like him, just be careful you don't overreach for him. Can can we just say that? I I know we kind of talk about this, and it's been brought up before. We brought it up, and I don't think we really talked about it in the draft. But anybody that thinks the best spot for them to be at, that's not one, and two, and three is kidding themselves. Because when you get the best player, you when when you're one, two, or three, you're locking yourself into one of the best players in the league. And then you're still coming back and getting two quality players at the beginning of the third round. So a guy like Paul, who picked first, he got J, J, Jonathan Taylor and then Javante Williams and Zeke at the turn. So he's got both of his running backs and his flex already locked up. And... Having Zeke Elliott as your third running back? That's crazy. Dangerous. And that's the thing is, we, we only mention that because there are some leagues, um, I, I know in our PPR league, they do the, uh, based on how, how your golfer finishes, you get to choose your spot, or they've done that in the past. Now we just do that's where your spot is. And we've had people that had like the third choice that picked number nine or number 10 as their draft slot. And you just want to be like, I, I don't understand. If you have one, you get three of the top 25 players or top based on how many teams yeah. are. And it just goes to show, once again, like I said, uh, our guy Paul, who had the first pick, 
Jonathan Taylor picked one. Jonathan, uh, Javante Williams picked two. Zeke picked three. I, I mean, right there. I, he's already in the playoffs just because he won the pick for the first time. You know, and, and that's the thing is uh, first, second, or third are the best spots because you get the most amount of quality guys. Uh, another thing I wanted to point out, I know it's the theme of our uh, podcast, Punt the QB. You and me were the last two to take a quarterback. We punted. I got Aaron Rodgers. You got Matt Stafford. Guys, punt the quarterback. Load up your running backs. Load, you know, get get a top three to five tight end if you need. Load up your running backs. Load up your wide receivers. Punt and you'll be fine. Yeah, I mean that, and that's the truth of it. Is is that if as long as you're not punting to the point of no return, you know, as long as you punt, like the guy who took Trey Lance in the twelfth round. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. We'll see how that works out. But I mean, like if you're punting. To the point where you're like, well, I'm going to get Ben Roethlisberger in the 10th, 12th round. And then Ooh, people start taking back I'm just saying that could blow up in your face. I'm just saying, but it, like when you when you punt it all the way to the 10th round and everybody else, there's two people that don't have a quarterback. No one's taking their backups yet. Because, let's face it, it's a ten, you're in the 10th round. There's plenty of time to get backups. And some and it goes, quarterback, like you took a quarterback at Aaron 9. Rogers, yeah. You took a quarterback at 9. Yep, and ninth then, round. Yes. Then I had a I had the eleventh pick, so I took a play a, a position player, and just basically was hoping that nobody would take anybody at the turn that that same team mm-hmm. who just picked Kyler Murray four rounds earlier. He's not going to pick another quarterback, and then I ended up getting Stafford anyway. Yeah. So you can you can find the value there. These are still good quarterbacks there. What you can't do is go. Well, I'm just going to keep waiting because eleven quarterbacks have been taken. Now hey, nobody's going to take a backup. I thought the theme of our podcast was gambling, and I'm a gambler. I'm a gambler too. And you, you're not gambling if you uh, pick Josh Allen in the second round. At, shameless plug here, guys. You can punt the QB. One last thing, and I wanted a more of a PSA. Uh, we had a joke. Uh, it was the BJ break. Um, he had picked six, and uh, he kind of took. Now, obviously, he had things going on. He couldn't mm-hmm. be there in person. But it was basically the BJ break. Don't be that guy, guys. It, 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 whether you're doing a live draft, if you're doing it in person, if you're doing it on the phone, don't be that guy that basically brings the draft to a screeching halt. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing. I would say that we, we did it through the uh, uh, Sleeper app. And if somebody doesn't make it to the draft, it's probably the best way to do it if they can't, like, live stream it. Um, if you can just kind of take your take the video, like, take the uh, – you can put the pickups in the – in the sleeper app and just have somebody follow along with it from their phone and then they can make their picks from there. Did it suck that it took them a while to get on there? Yes. But what sucks even worse is when somebody's there live and just drolling the whole thing. That's out. what I'm saying. I'm not necessarily yeah. calling out BJ. I think we all love BJ. But but it was the joke, the BJ break. All yeah. I'm saying is don't be that guy. Don't yeah. be that guy that brings your draft to a screeching halt. Mm-hmm. All right, Tim, let's talk about the preseason or even the offseason preseason, what we've learned now going into this season. Yeah, and this will be our last kind of off-season review, preseason review. Next week, we're going to talk about week one and the upcoming season. We've had three weeks of preseason games. We've had an entire off-season. We had cut day. Um, we're just going to bounce back and forth and talk about some things we learned from the preseason and the off-season and what you take away from it. So I'm going to get started. I, I feel like the way Kenny Pickett played in, in, in Pittsburgh, and I brought it up a couple weeks ago, I think he's going to unseat Mitch Trubisky very soon. What do you think? I think, I honestly think the opposite. I think Trubisky is going to hold on to this job for a little while. I think Tomlin is not going to be one to pull the trigger on pulling pulling uh, Trubisky. 
Um, I mean, obviously, if Trubisky goes out there and throws three interceptions, four interceptions the first game, he won't even last the first game. But I think Trubisky's going to do a pretty good job of game managing, which I think is all that Tomlin's going to ask him to do um, when you're talking about the quality of receivers he has, Najee Harris, um, the poor offensive line, and that great defense that they have. And that's what I was going to ask you. As long as Trubisky's quarterback, I feel like I'm more worried about Deontay Johnson. Claypool, uh, Pickens, if he sees the field, uh, Pat Firemuth. I'm more worried about the other guys on Pittsburgh's offense when Trubisky is quarterback than Kenny Pickett. Am I wrong? Copy, I, copyright, Tim. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> copyright. <laughs> um, you know what? Yeah, yeah, to a certain extent, but we've seen flashes of Mitchell Trubisky playing well. And with what happened last year, is, is anybody is anybody really quick to say this that the Bears debacle was all Trubisky's fault no I think a lot of people are going to put it on Nagy and we'll see I mean if 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 um the way the Bears play this year and Justin Fields improves we can say okay a lot of that was Nagy and how he wasn't prepared I mean but Kenny Pickett had a had a, an amazing preseason with the way he was playing yeah, so did Campbell Tompkins once upon a yes time. but what I, so what I'm saying is is what do they see with Trubisky to say that they don't that that they don't pull that trigger already. Okay, I would you know like I said we can agree to disagree. Another thing I thought that came out of Buffalo's camp, I, I had talked a couple times how Jamison Crowder was brought in to play that Cole Beasley slot role, and I thought that was going to have value in PPR leagues, and he was going to be a nice value in DFS. Well, we saw Isaiah McKenzie just catch fire, and he has been the talk of Buffalo Bills camp. I. I I think that's something that's exciting to watch NFL-wise because the Bills are exciting to watch. We're going to get them on the first night of the season. I, I, I'm excited fantasy-wise, especially if you're in a PPR league. I'm excited for DFS because a lot of people, if you're going to use the Bills, you're going to use Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. I think McKenzie has some good value in DFS. I'm excited. Am I wrong? No. No, you're you're not wrong. I mean, there's there's the one thing about it is, is that Josh Allen has a lot of weapons. And he's going to be able to move the ball around and do whatever he wants with it. So Dawson Knox came out of nowhere last year. Isaiah McKenzie, he isn't even going to come out of uh, anywhere. He isn't going to come out of nowhere because he's he's been to, he's been talked about all preseason. Yeah, good stuff. Let yeah. me throw something out to you. Please, please do. All right. The one thing I want to throw is more of a broad general thing here. And this the one thing I want to bring up as the broad general theme is the the broad general theme I want to say is rookies can really show out. And really cement their places on teams. But if you do not get on the field, or if you show that you are too green to play, you will not play. People like Traylon Burks, Christian Watson's injury. You know, there's plenty of plenty of rookie players that we were high on, and then the preseason came along and they never even saw the field. Not because they were um, you know, they were already designated starters because these guys were hurt and never even played most of the preseason. We're not even talking about play. They didn't even practice some of these guys. Look at like a Romeo Dobbs. A Romeo Dobbs like surpassed Christian Watson even though he was picked three three rounds later because Romeo Dobbs is out there doing these things and Christian Watson was hurt all preseason. There's nothing more damaging to a player in the preseason or that's a rookie than missing time. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Rick's Rant. Rick's Ranch is brought to you by Half Acre Lager Town. Make sure you get some in your freezer today. Uh, not yeah. a paid sponsor. <laughs> not, a, not a paid sponsor. I'm just saying, like, Damian Pierce went out there and worked. Brian Robinson went out there and worked. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Traylon Burks did not have a good preseason on no, the field. No, he did not. Sky Moore did not have a good preseason on the field. Um, 
I was just going to go there, and like I said, I I, I didn't want to interrupt Rick's uh, Rick's rant. Brought to you by Half uh, Half Acre, um, Sky Moore. He only had three passes caught all preseason while playing deep into games. I think the theme, and I think you're going where you're going with this. He is buried on the depth chart. So while I had a lot of hope for him coming out that you know he was drafted to a great spot, he is buried. I talked to you. It was one of my on this podcast. It was one of my best bets was for him to have under 680 receiving yards. And it was the very first video I did on YouTube for the predictions this year because I feel so strongly about the fact that there's no way he's coming anywhere near 680. Let's be honest. You wanted yards. an opportunity to mention the words Dwayne Bow once again. I didn't even mention it on the YouTube video. I, I consider it a lost opportunity. <laughs> oh, well, there's more. There's more. Um, I, I, some more takeaways, and I want to hit you quick. Justin Fields' three-touchdown game against Cleveland doesn't mean anything. No, because he didn't play against any starters. Nobody on Cleveland didn't play any of their starters on defense. Nobody of any significance played in that game on defense. Circle gets a square. One thing I did notice about this offseason, New England's offense looks brutal. Now, I brought it up when we talked about the AFC East, how I think the Patriots, as much as it pains me to say it, is going to have a down season. I think they might miss the playoffs. I've already bet on their underwins for the season. I know it's just preseason, but preseason usually is no game planning, vanilla offenses. Mac Jones has looked brutal. He is 13 of 21 for 132 yards, no touchdowns, an interception. He's gotten sacked three times. He has a 60 quarterback rating. Are you concerned? Yeah, I'm not even concerned about it because this is what you get when when Josh McDaniels leaves to go to Las Vegas and you replace him with nobody. And you put, you <laughs> officially put, nobody. Officially nobody. You have Matt Patricia... Who has probably has no business, in my opinion, play, calling plays. And Joe Judge, who at one point was a special teams coach, there's no reason why these guys should be calling the plays. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I'm very concerned with their offense, fantasy wise. I want no part of that, and that includes the running backs. I know you're big on Ramondi Stevenson, but I feel like because he's been talked up a lot, he almost goes too soon in drafts. There, the one thing I did realize that we when we talk about what we took away is that. The Patriots made zero moves, in my opinion, zero significant moves this offseason when everybody else in the division was making all kinds of moves. Yep. And they, Bill Belichick gets the most out of his players, talent-wise. He gets the most out of lesser talent, and he brings the most out of it. And he games plan, his game plans are incredible. But you can only do so much with that when you have... When the talent, it, the talent will only get you so far. You like the the amount of talent they have will only get them so far. They yeah. don't have the talent, and the game plan can't work if they don't have the talent to stop these guys. The 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 Patriots defense cannot stop these offenses in this division because these the, just because of, just because of the level of talent, it doesn't make a difference how much you maximize that talent. You can't maximize it at the max. The other people are way above it. Yeah, you actually did a video on YouTube about the Patriots, too, so I think you agree with me. Uh, another couple quick things. I know you want to hit some actual predictions. Uh, news or not news? Geno Smith has won the Seattle quarterback battle. No, because I, I think that even though he's won it, has he? And, and it, and it, it, so what you're saying is he didn't win it, Drew Locke lost it. Pretty much, but at the same exact time, does it make a difference? This team's going to win maybe four <laughs> games. I, I tell you, as a guy who drafted DK Metcalf, I think it makes a difference because I, I feel a little bit better than him and Geno Smith have a pretty good connection going, and he was in the offense last year. Yeah, if you're talking about stats for, for certain guys, yeah, they're still going to get their numbers. 
But they're not going to win games. Well, that's what I'm saying. The, the, the points I always try to make is there could be bad football, like the Houston Texans or the Seattle Seahawks, the Atlanta Falcons, and there's still money-making opportunities, whether it's fantasy, DFS, or betting. Every team is going to provide you with money-making There will be an incredible amount of money, one, streaming Atlanta Falcons players. But Absolutely. the Atlanta Falcons will be lucky to win three games. Yeah, they're brutal. They're brutal. I, the only thing they have to look forward to is if Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and Desmond Ritter look good. Everything else, that defense is brutal. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the teams when you see come out, the over-unders. Whoever's mm-hmm. playing the Falcons, that over-under is going to be high, and that's where you're going to get your sleeper uh, fantasy plays. That's where you're going to get your DFS lineups. That's where you're going to get your props for offensive players on the opposite team. What I'm, The point I was trying to make is there's always money-making opportunities. Yeah. Okay? Let me let me throw some things out here Please now. Please do. I've been talking a lot. I'm going to Let's throw now. some predictions out there. I'm going to write these down here, and we're going to keep this out here. Now, this isn't our bold predictions. These are just predictions here. All right? So you bold, can go ahead and go chalk. Fun. You can go and go chalk if you want. All right? Tim, who throws the most passing touchdowns this season? We're going to rapid fire these things. Most passing touchdowns? Kirk Cousins. You say Kirk Cousins. All right. I, okay, I know that might be more bold, but I really that like the off. I, I tell you what. I like the offense they're instilling there. I like the weapons they have there, and I like the fact that they play in a pretty down division. I'm going to go with Justin Herbert. I think those games are going to be absolute shootouts in the AFC West, and they might. And and like you said, you pick the Chargers to, <laughs> to win the AFC. Prediction, to win your yeah. AFC, to win the AFC. I'm, I'm not. And I think off Justin Herbert. He's just going to keep going. He's going to keep increasing, increasing as a lot of these other guys, your Russell Wilsons, your your Staffords, your Bradys, and so that. These guys have all been in the league for ten years. They're going to start scaling down. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Hmm. Father Time is undefeated. Do you have one you want to throw out there real um, quick? You know, like I said, I, I think the point I tried to make in some of the bold predictions was guys that I think oh, unders is where a lot of money is made. But I tell you what, there's a bet on DraftKings that someone will make, break the receiving record of 1964 receiving yards. I already know who I might pick. We talk, well, obviously. We talked about it last year when they went from 16 games to 17 games. What I'm saying is, whatever site you use, why I like to use DraftKings, they will offer you, before the season starts, opportunities to bet on will records be broken. Mm-hmm. I think Justin Jefferson breaks this record. I agree with you. And I know that's no surprise to anybody. That's a completely chalk pick. What I'm saying is, you don't have to bet Justin Jefferson to do it. They'll give you odds. I think it's plus 300. I guess I should have done more homework. They'll give you odds at plus money that someone will break that record. It's at least plus three hundred. I think that's good. I think that's a good opportunity. Yeah. Do you know that that even though Cup got like the nineteen hundred last year, the next closest was Justin Jefferson at sixteen hundred. Right. So, and that's what I'm saying. Not only are they going to provide a better offense there, but he's not the only guy on the field. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like I said, Adam Thielen is good. Irv Smith has potential. Um, I think K.J. Osborne has some good potential. Both Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison can catch the ball out of the backfield, and they just traded for Jalen Rager, who, I, I mean, if he's like the fifth option, he could get some I'm wide open on a you know broken play or something like that. I think that offense has potential. All those guys are going to make sure that he doesn't get, Justin Jefferson doesn't get double teamed on every play. Yeah. Okay, I, like I said, I, you don't have to tell me. I sold it. I said in our YouTube video, I said go ahead and, and bet Justin Jefferson to go over thirteen hundred fifty yards. I said and then sprinkle a little bit of money on on him to uh, to lead the league in receiving yards for plus eight, but eight to one odds. Yeah. So I, I think it's a great value. Yeah, I mean, he, it's I, chalk, but it's still great value. Absolutely, yeah. And that's the other thing is, it's, if you're going to go chalk, go bold with your chalk. Get your plus money. All right, Tim, who, what's your Super Bowl? Who beats who? Oh, boy. 
I am going to say the Chargers beat the Buccaneers. The Chargers win their first ever Super Bowl. I, I like them. I, I like their offense is up and coming. Justin Herbert, I think, takes the next jump to superstar stardom. And the investment they made on their defense this year, I, I think, was great. And I, I only say the Bucks out of the NFC because Tom Brady has experienced. They're a team that's been there before. I don't trust Aaron Rodgers to get out of the first round or what would be their first game. So I say Chargers over Bucks. All right. Well, I'm going to go completely oppo on you. I'm going to go chalk. I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills win the Super Bowl, and I'm going to say they beat my the my pick earlier in the bowl predictions at last episode. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Good stuff. I mean, there's nothing wrong with going chalk. It, the public seems to agree with you. I have a lot of people think this is the year that Buffalo. I I don't. I, there's hesitation in me when it comes to Buffalo. I want to see what their offense looks like without Brian Dable. That, that's the only hesitation I have. I'm not saying Josh Allen isn't talented. I'm not saying he doesn't have weapons there. It makes sense that this is here to make the leap. But something about the Chargers is calling to me. Yeah, I, I, I totally get it. I, I do. I do totally get it. I just think that that and that AFC West, they might all make the playoffs. But, man, are they going to beat each other up all season long. And they get to the playoffs, and you're going to see a Bills team that had a little a little more softer Okay, but riddle me this, Batman. Who were the two once he's going to the playoffs last year? Oh, the Titans and, and the Packers. And how did they do? Well, they both lost. They lost their first game. Yeah. So getting beat up in, in your own division, um, it might cost you the one seed, but is the one seed that valuable? Well, and you're talking about one season. I mean, the, one season doesn't make a, a trend. Um, and most of the time, one season. It's seeds, the most recent data we have. I'm just saying that, like, when you're talking about the when KC, KC was – KC was one of the one seed, weren't they, when they won the Super Bowl? Okay. I, we're not talking about facts and logic. No, at this point, we're betting with our guts. <laughs> yeah. like, we're making bold predictions no, again. No, we, we did that last We did that last episode. I'm just, to me, it's like, you know what? I I, I just, something in my gut tells me either A, the Chargers are going to win the Super Bowl, or B, I should not have eaten that burrito on the way here. <laughs> All right. Do you have any other ones you want to throw a, you a prediction keep, on? You keep talking. All right. Who's going to lead the league in rushing yards? Derrick Henry. I, I, I know that's chalk, but I tell you what, he's coming off that foot injury. The man wants 2,000 yards, and the man's going to get him. All right. That's that's good. I'm going to try to go a little uh, – I'm going to go I'm, I'm going to go chalk. You said rushing yards, not scrimmage yards. You said rushing, rushing yards. yards. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm going to go chalk. I'm going to go with the – I'm going to go with the, the Vegas favorite. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. So I'm going to go against you, even though I think that um, – Derek Derek Henry is a is a pretty solid pick there. I think if, I think it's basically going to be a race between these two guys. Yeah, and that's the thing is, people forget. Yes, Jonathan Taylor won it last year. People forget the pace that Derek Henry was on before he got hurt. I, I mean, the guy is a beast, and I tell you what, the fact that people are doubting him, and I think that's going to motivate. He them missed all almost up. half the season. He had nine hundred thirty-two rushing yards. Isn't that crazy? Won. Yes. I mean, you were just talking about oh, Damian Pierce is going to be a rookie that gets a thousand yards. I mean, Henry almost did that in like what eight games, nine games? Not he even. Nine. He was he was hurt halfway what halfway through the week nine. Yeah. So about nine games. I mean, and that's the thing is this is <clears throat> the the guy's a beast. What else you got for me, buddy? What team is going to be the number one defense? Number one defense. Are you talking scoring wise or yardage wise? Which one do you want to call? You you make the call. At this point, I'm stalling. Um, I'm going to say, yardage-wise, the Los Angeles Chargers. I really like what they did there. 
Now, score, and that's why I asked you. Yardage-wise, I think it's going to be the Chargers, but it's going to be hard to be the number one team against against scoring while you play in the AFC West. Okay. What do you think? I'm going to go... I'm going to go bold. I'm going to go bold again here. I'm going to say it's the Cleveland Browns. Really? I'm going to say the Cleveland Browns are going to be the number one As defense. often as that defense is going to be on the field. Well, they. I feel like I've talked about it numerous times here. This team is going to rely heavily on those running backs. And it's going to be a lot of ball control. It's going to be a lot of time, you know, time-consuming drives and stuff like that. And I feel like this Browns defense is got is got a couple of good corners. They've got some good rushers and some of that. Miles Garrett. I think Miles Garrett is probably the defensive player of the year this year. Yeah, he's. I wouldn't say he's underrated because people know his name, but the yeah. fact that he plays in Cleveland kind of hurts him when it comes to a national landscape. Mm-hmm. What what the Cleveland uh, Browns do have going for them is Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. What helps the defense is if they can stay off the field and rested. Yep, that's exactly and, what and I was saying. And that's the thing is if, if the problem is defenses can stack the box knowing that Jacoby Brissett's the quarterback. That's my hesitation when it comes to the Cleveland Browns. And and even the even you know I love me some Nick Chubb, but if he's facing eight nine man fronts, it's going to be really tough to keep those chains moving. Yeah. Um let me throw this out here to you. Is it not motivation for the for the Browns? Who haven't really said much of anything, but when Baker was talking about the Browns, he said he wants to f them up. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's going to get his opportunity. Week yeah, one. he says I'm. I want, I mean, and he goes, I can't wait for this game. I'm going to mess those guys up. Everybody's talking about Russell Wilson going to Seattle, but uh, Baker going back to Cleveland is definitely the sideshow. I mean, I don't know. Well, it's Baker's at home though. It's in well, you Carolina. Know what I, did you yeah. know what I meant? Okay. Yeah, I know what you meant. But I was just saying, like, we don't need for him to say it. he's going to mess up the Browns. I feel like that's. That's just that. That's that goes. That newspaper goes on the uh, goes on the board. Oh, Miles Garrett is is that goes eating on the every board. meal with that you, staring like, at him. They're just like the Browns' defensive line and linebackers are just eating cereal, looking at that. Oh thing, yeah, like, they've got that in every mirror in their uh, locker, and they're just staring at it. Be like, okay, big guy, we had to put up with you when you were our quarterback. Now you're fair game. Let me throw this out to you. This is the one that I thought I would really stump you on. This season, at any point, who is the first quarterback to get benched? To get benched, oh boy! Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the low hanging fruit and say Mitch Trubisky. I, I just Tomlin finds a way to win. He doesn't really care who his quarterback is, and I just don't think one year as a backup in Buffalo somehow fixed to Mitch. Am I wrong? I don't. Th- I honestly, we talked about it earlier in, in this in this bonus episode. I don't think I don't think he's gonna give that spot up for a while. I think that. Tomlin's gonna have some faith in in Mitch. If he's picking Mitch, I think he has a reason for doing it. I think Tomlin's a smart coach. I think if he really feels like he needs to start with Pickett, he'll just put Pickett in there. Um, he would have just put Pickett in there. But I think my pick is it's Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. But you can't say he's gonna get benched because whenever Sam Darnold's healthy, he gets his job back. Sam Darnold. I'm you mean, sorry. You mean uh, I, Zach Wilson? Jet, yeah. No, I'm talking about Joe Flacco gets benched for. Whoever the third quarterback is. Oh, you're going to make this statement you don't even know who the next guy up is? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think Joe Flacco gets benched. For Mike White? Mike White. Uh, okay. I'm just saying. Maybe they're playing against the Ravens week one. The Ravens come at him. How about that? We didn't even mention that. <laughs> Joe Flacco Holy cow, Joe Flacco against the Ravens. I'm not going to lie. The name Joe Flacco haunts me. I'm just saying. I just think Joe Flacco... Week one against the Ravens, he throws like a couple of picks. He's like maybe like seven for twenty or something like that with two interceptions, and they just ah just sit down, dude. And Good they put stuff. Mike White out there. 
Yeah, good stuff, man. I'm uh, surprised. I knew you'd go chalk. I knew you'd go with Trubisky on that. I, I be, but that's the thing, though. When you're talking about a quarterback, game, but you have to find a situation where the guy behind him has potential or promise. And there's not a lot. A lot of these. I mean, I, I, I guess if you want to say the Apple, you can say Trey Lance might get benched for Jimmy Garoppolo. But I don't think Kyle Shanahan wants to do that to this site. I don't think that's going to happen. Right. It, the, even they would even they would at least say that Trey Lance has some kind of phantom Joe injury. Joe Flacco. Let's be honest. You just wanted to say that name. No, no, honestly, because I was I was debating because because who's the one team? What's the one team, Tim, that every week was benching their quarterback last year? The right. Carolina Panthers. It was like uh, Sam Darnold yeah. would go in there, they'd bench him, and they'd bring somebody else in, they and then they let Newton that guy the start, street. and then they'd bring Cam Newton in, but then Cam Newton had to get benched. It was incredible. It was incredible. It, it was, was, incredible. A, it, he it got, was a crap show. If you tell me, like, if you were to tell me in six, in 17 games last season, Carolina benched their quarterback 12 times, I would believe you. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it, like, I don't know about the math on that one, but I, I get the point you're trying to make. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for listening. This has been a lot of fun. This this preseason leading into this season, I can't. I, I'm more excited about this season than I have been about football in a while. And I always say that every year, but I feel like just for some reason this season, it's just There's, maybe maybe it's the dog days of summer and baseball being so terrible. Oh God! But for for Don't most remind of us, me about the White Sox. But it's like you know what? I'm just so excited for football. I mean, even last week I was giddy about college football, and there was only like six games. Yeah, you're talking Nebraska, Northwestern. Yes. Yeah, I, and that's the thing is, it's like not only is this season every season when it comes along is fun because you know like there's every team has hope of some kind and everybody thinks this is going to be fun even the bad teams are like hey let like the bears let's see how justin fields develops uh the lions okay are they going to keep fighting and are all these young guys going to develop and stuff like that but i i mean it's also fun where you can be like okay uh like I said, who's who's going to be this year's breakaway team? Is it going to be the Bills? Are they finally going to get over the hump? And, and, and fun stuff like that. And it's just there's opportunities to bet. Uh, 32 states now have legalized gambling, so more and more people can bet on this stuff. I, I mean, there, there's fun and exciting stuff around every corner. There's DFS. There's fantasy. There's so many ways to participate. Red Zone is out there. I, I mean, it's it's going to be a fun season. Yeah, you know? it's going to be an exciting season. We're we're happy that you guys are listening. We're happy that you guys are coming along with the ride for us. We're coming along with ride with you guys. You guys got anything you want to throw at us? Any kind of questions? Who should I start? Whatever like that. We're going to come back next week with with some fire with our preview episode, and and we're super excited to bring it to you. Um, Rick Navalani at Rick Punt the QB. Go ahead and send us send us something. We'll even bring it up on the podcast if it's something that we that that is really really good. Yeah, Tim at Punt QBFF. Uh, we're always checking in on Twitter. Um, if you want to argue with us, if you want to fade us, whatever it is, we're all having fun together. Yeah, check Punt the QB on YouTube now. We're posting a whole bunch of videos now. I, I, I am about the. Uh, the season coming up and stuff. And uh, next week, I'm going to have a whole bunch of previews for a couple of previews for a couple of games that I'm going to hand pick on some that I really like. And yeah, just looking forward to doing all this stuff. Um, hopefully, we can get Tim to to, uh, to, to put a couple up too. Um, but we're going to definitely come back with a preview episode for fantasy and for betting. And we're going to give you our best bets. We're really excited for this season, too. Yeah, it should be a fun season. Thank you all for listening. The off season has been fun and amazing, and everybody has hope. And it's just been awesome, and, and it, I, thanks for coming along for the ride. Yeah. All right, guys, see you next week.